0: Terry McAuliffe faces the music in Virginia and counters by playing the race card. Joe Manchin puts a stake through the heart of Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan. And Joe Biden falls asleep during a climate change conference. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, You know, Black Friday is coming, but you should be saving a lot of money before Black Friday, and that means looking at your recurring bills. Well, look at your bill. What are you spending money on? Your cell phone provider, aren't you? Aren't you? Well, go check out Pure Talk to stop all of that. You want to do something smart this month? I'm going to give you the life hack to cut your cell phone bill in half. It is indeed Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you killer 5G coverage on one of the largest 5G networks in the country and still saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch. The coverage is great. Their US based customer service actually cares about you, and pure talk's prices are pretty much wholesale. Unlimited talk text six gigs of data for just thirty bucks a month. Keep your number. Keep your phone, or this month you can get Black Friday prices on new phones, like the iPhone 12, for just 479 bucks, which is one heck of a deal. They have a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose. Go to puretalk.com, shop for a plan and phone that is right for you, then enter promo code SHAPIRO. You will save 50% off your first month and save on a new phone. That is puretalk.com, promo code SHAPIRO. PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Alrighty, so today is the big election. In Virginia, and the polls are extremely close in Virginia. According to the 538 polling average, Glenn Youngkin is up about one point on Terry McAuliffe. Now, there's the possibility that McAuliffe, if the election is that close on Election Day, wins because of the early voting, McAuliffe was still ahead. Okay, but if there is a surge for Youngkin, which it seems like there is, because just a few weeks ago, McAuliffe was up like pretty big. If you go back to the beginning of October, the poll average had McAuliffe up three. If you go back further than that, if you go back to like August, McAuliffe was up eight. Youngkin has slowly but steadily closed the gap and he finally overtook him last week or so. Okay, because of that, Youngkin, I think, is going to get better turnout. If I have to put money on it today, I say that Youngkin wins. And there are some early indicators that that is, in fact, the case. So, for example, last night in Virginia Beach, McAuliffe had to cancel an event, presumably because nobody was actually going to show up. According to 13newsnow.com, Election Day is approaching and both candidates running for governor want to make sure people are getting out to vote. Republican Glenn Youngkin and Democrat Terry McAuliffe were both initially scheduled to hold events in Virginia Beach on November 1st. But a spokesperson for McAuliffe said he would no longer be having one in Hampton Roads. Instead, he was going to be campaigning in a different portion of the state. The reason being, more people are going to show up for Youngkin than McAuliffe and it was going to look really bad. Now, what the media are trying to do is find anyone, anyone in a Youngkin crowd who looks like a racist because they must categorize everybody voting for Youngkin as a racist. This is the closing pitch. See, the thing is this, people are not enthused about McAuliffe and no one is enthused about McAuliffe. And Democratic votes are largely predicated on heavy black turnout these days. Ever since 2012, Democrats have basically hoped to replicate the Obama coalition, both nationally and in the States. And the idea there is if you get outsized black turnout and you get sort of normal turnout from everybody else, then you'll win elections because that's what Barack Obama did in 2012. If Barack Obama did not have outsized turnout in places like Ohio in 2012, he does not win the election. Okay, so in 2020, Joe Biden got extremely heavy black turnout, and it turned out very well for him. Right as a percentage of the populations, a percentage of the population, blacks outvoted their percentage of the population again in 2020. But in 2021, 2022, there doesn't seem to be quite as much enthusiasm from black voters to get out there and vote. And so Democrats are trying desperately to get black voters out there to vote. And the way that they are doing this is by claiming over and over and over again that Glenn Youngkin is a racist. And the media are complicit in all of this, of course, because this is what they do. And so there was a picture that was flying around the internet last night of a guy at a Youngkin rally who apparently had like a brand new jean jacket with a Confederate flag sewn on the back of it. Like he was brand spanking new. And the guy looked like he was maybe in his 50s or 60s. And no one knows who he is. Nobody at the rally knows who he is. But there's a picture of him from behind. And the media were spreading this far and wide. Because if there's one person in a 200-mile radius of a Glenn Youngkin rally who has a Confederate flag on the back of his jacket, this means Glenn Youngkin is, of course, a neo-Confederate. Now, again, after last week's debacle, in which you had a bunch of people from the Young Democrats of Virginia put up to it by the Lincoln Project, pretending to be white supremacists outside a Youngkin rally, I have suspicions. And I find it very suspicious that nobody in the media just went up to this guy and asked him a few questions about who he was, because if he's going to be used as a stand in for all of Youngkin's voters, you might at least want to know something about him. But um, yeah, so so color me suspicious, but the media have their agenda and they have been attempting to push it. It is failing because Youngkin is not a racist. And also, it's a little difficult to make the claim in Virginia that the Republicans are the racist when the current sitting governor of Virginia is the guy who is either in blackface or in the KKK outfit. Right. That, That makes it kind of rough. You're standing around going, those guys are racist. You're like, Well, remember that time you wanted Ralph Northam to resign and he didn't resign? And then he campaigned with Terry McAuliffe. That's awkward, is it not? But this is Terry McAuliffe's closing pitch. So Terry McAuliffe is not moving away from the radical left. In fact, he is doubling down. He was campaigning yesterday with the head of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, who is just terrible and awful in nearly every way. Randy Weingarten, of course, has been a very formative factor in teachers not going back to school and keeping kids out of school. She has had heavy influence on the Biden administration's approach toward COVID in schools. And she's campaigning with Terry McAuliffe in the middle of an election in which McAuliffe is somehow losing the education issue. Remember, Democrats rarely lose the education issue. Why? Because when it comes to education, the way people typically vote is who pledges to sign a bigger check to the schools. But in this particular case, the actual question of what was being taught in schools reared its head. And it reared its head because of COVID, frankly, because a lot of people were seeing in Zoom school what teachers were finally teaching behind closed doors. And they were disquieted by this. And then when they sounded off on it, then the Democrats said, how dare you care what your kids are being taught? It's our job to teach your children. So Youngkin put forward basically a two-pronged plan. One, we'll teach your kids actual stuff, not critical race theory garbage or LGBT propaganda. And two, we will fund the schools. And that turns out to be a winning message for Republicans. Well, Democrats keep doubling down on all of their themes. Their themes are, give the teachers unions everything they want, and also, Republicans are deeply racist, and so we must make pledges that make no sense whatsoever about race in Virginia schools. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about your safety and security at home this holiday season. Deck the halls, walls, windows, and doors with the best deals of the year on the award-winning Ring Alarm. I'm sure we all know about the Ring video doorbell by now, and if you don't, it's because you haven't been listening to the show, but Ring makes an award-winning alarm as well. Ring Alarm is a powerful, affordable, whole-home security system you can easily install yourself. I did it myself, and I am no tech whiz. Whether you are running across town or across the country, this busy season, you and your loved ones can rest easy knowing your home is protected. And it's more than just security. Ring Alarm protects your home from flood, freeze, and fire as well. Plus, it's a lot cheaper than those other companies. For what they charge for one month, you can get an entire year of Ring Alarm with professional monitoring. Right now, for the best deals of the year on Ring Alarm, head on over to ring.com forward slash Ben. My kids are constantly running around my property. All three of them are highly mobile. And uh, and because of that, that means sometimes you look away and one of the kids is going, like, where'd the kid go? Well, this is where the Ring app comes in. Very useful for me, even when I'm just at home. This holiday season, Check the halls, walls, doors, windows with that best deal of the year on the award-winning Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com forward slash Ben. Got a great deal on a Ring Alarm security kit today. That is ring.com forward slash Ben. All right, so Terry McAuliffe making his closing pitch, and it is not good. So yesterday, Terry McAuliffe on the campaign trail, he complained that there are too many white teachers in Virginia. Right. Again, the idea here is black voters should show up so that Terry McAuliffe will put more black teachers in schools as though this is what school children desperately need is to adjudicate the quality of their teachers by their immutable skin color. Makes perfect sense. Here's Terry McAuliffe making the case.
1: We got to work hard to diversify our teacher base. Fifty percent of our students are students of color. Eighty percent of the teachers are white. So what I'm going to do for you will be the first state in America. If you go teach in Virginia for five years in a high-demand area, that could be geographic, it could be coursework, we will pay room, board, and tuition at any college, any university, or any HBCU here in Virginia. we are the first state in America to do that.
0: Okay, so again, understand the case he's making. There are a lot of black students. There are not enough black teachers. Therefore, we have to, quote-unquote, diversify our teacher base. We're not going to worry about the quality of the education kids receive. We're going to worry about the skin color of the people who are teaching. So I think that people are less than sanguine when they hear from Terry McAuliffe that he is not interested in pushing critical race theory in schools because he's literally pushing it on the campaign trail. When you say that all inequality is a result of systemic inequity that must be reversed by actual discrimination, right? You're you're not going to discriminate on the basis of race and how you hire teachers. People are uh, slightly untrusting. Here's Terry McAuliffe then denying that the issues people care about are even issues. And by the way, he's standing next to Governor Ralph Northam, who is is not wearing blackface today. So he decided not to do that. Here's Terry McAuliffe.
1: He talks about critical race theory. Let's be clear, folks. Critical race theory has never been taught in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He says day
0: one, he's gonna ban it. (laughs) He's gonna ban something that doesn't exist. Critical race theory doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. And all of those kids who are learning about racial essentialism in schools, they don't exist. Their parents don't exist. By the way, it is always a very smart plan to tell a bunch of parents that their concerns are completely specious, that they make no sense whatsoever. In the middle of a race you're losing in a state that Joe Biden won by 10. Really good, solid campaigning here from Terry McAuliffe. And then McAuliffe goes further, right? He says that Youngkin is only invoking CRT because he's racist. In fact, if you mention critical race theory, it's because you're a racist, not because so much of our intellectual discourse has been about critical race theory for the past several years, right? Talk about white privilege, which has skyrocketed in mentions in the New York Times. Talk about the systemic racism of American systems. The, the bleeding down of that to the lowest educational levels, which we have detailed on the program. Now, all, all of that is really just, if you're worried about that, it's because you're racist. This is the game that Democrats like to play. Push an extraordinarily radical policy. And if you notice, it's because you're bad. We're going to push LGBT, uh, LGBTQIA+ minus sign, percentage, carrot, right? We'll, we're going to push propaganda from all these various groups. And then if you notice that, it's because you are a cis-normative homophobe. Okay, this, is, this, is, this is just the way Democrats like to play the game. So here is Terry McAuliffe playing that game. If you notice, CRT, it's because you're a racist.
1: What bothers me to my core is what this man is doing. He's dividing parents against parents, Parents against school boards. He's using your children as political pawns in his campaign. It is a racist dog whistle. Folks, we are better than that. Yes, we are. We will not have that hatred here in the Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: Um, what now? He's, wait, wait. Glenn Youngkin is being divisive, Tara McCullough? Glenn Youngkin? you're, You're literally standing there and saying that everyone who votes for Glenn Youngkin is basically a racist, and then... Glenn Youngkin is being divisive because he says he doesn't want racial essentialism taught in schools. And it's the entire Democratic Party, right? This this is the only card they can play. The problem is for the Democrats that they don't have somebody charismatic and of minority status like Barack Obama to call upon to make this case. And this was the killer app for Democrats. Barack Obama was a killer app for Democrats because Obama would make the exact same case. And then people would be like, well, we can't say anything because of his race. I mean, because Barack Obama has lived that life. We are not allowed to, to say anything about this. Otherwise, we will be considered racist. If you attack Barack Obama's policies, it's because you're racist. If you attack Barack Obama's rhetoric, it's because you're racist. Now, they did try to try out Barack Obama in this race. It was completely unsuccessful because in the end, it's Terry McAuliffe who's running, not Barack Obama. In the end, it is Joe Biden at the top of the national ticket, not Barack Obama. Okay, so, but I'm sorry, like this case being made by Terry McAuliffe, the whitest person outside of Joe Biden, and made by Tim Kaine, who's just as white as both. It just doesn't have any sort of actual gravitas or right? white. Here's Tim Kaine trying to say that that Republicans are running on resegregation or some such nonsense.
1: My father-in-law was the governor who ended segregation in Virginia, integrated public schools, and and he was hated for it at the time in the 1970s. He died just three days ago, and people are writing about how courageous he is. Linwood was 98 years old, and he he thought that he had helped Virginia... Turn away from, you know, dog whistles and appeals to um, segregationist attitudes. Uh, Glenn Youngkin's preaching of the big lie about electoral fraud and and, and copying Donald Trump's line, mm-hmm. which he started the campaign with, and now at the end, featuring the uh, this this activist who went against Toni Morrison's book Beloved. It's harkening back to a day gone by in Virginia.
0: Harkening back to a day gone by, right? This is the entire Democratic shtick over and over and over. Mitt Romney was going to put you all back in chains. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work anymore. Nobody is buying into this, especially because we know that you're lying. Hey, here's a Loudoun County mom who testified in front of a school board. This is last week saying that her six year old was coming home asking about whether she was evil because of the racial essentialism being taught in her school.
2: First it was in early spring of 2020 when my six-year-old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. Then you kept the schools closed for a year and a half despite the science indicating that it was safe for kids to return. And now you've covered up a rape, then arrested, humiliated, and falsely accused her parents of being domestic terrorists. I wish I could return my kids to LCPS. Private schools expensive and I want my kids to be able to walk home from school with their friends in their own community. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools. They are our schools. You all should be ashamed and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down.
0: Okay, so in one second, we'll get to more talk about critical race theory in Virginia schools because, yes, it exists. It does. (laughs) I'm sorry, when you're teaching Ibram X. Kennedy children books to small children, that is critical race theory. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact, you know, with everybody going back to work and With the economy beginning to open up, the lines everywhere have gotten a lot longer. That is true at the post office as well. And this holiday season, you don't want to be standing in line at the post office because who wants to do that? Post office does a lot of great stuff. Standing in line is not one of those great things. Instead, why don't you get all the great services of the postal service with stamps.com and save time and save money. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Here at Daily Wire, we've used Stamps.com since 2017. We do not waste our time. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you time, money, stress during the holidays. Access all post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else like up to 40% off USPS rates, and 76% off UPS. That's some great money savings. Again, we use it here at Daily Wire because we like saving time and money. You should do the same. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer at Stamps.com. It includes a four-week trial, free postage, digital scale, no long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the page, enter code Shapiro, go check them out right now. So again, the case keeps being made that if you are a parent, you're not supposed to be worried about critical race theory in schools. You're not supposed to worry about what these teachers are teaching your kids at all. And yet, according to Fox News, Andrew Mark Miller reporting, the phrase critical race theory appears on the Virginia Department of Education website. Despite Terry McAuliffe's repeated claims, the curriculum is not taught in Virginia. On the Virginia Department of Education website, Several examples of the department promoting critical race theory can be found, including a presentation from 2015 when Terry McAuliffe was governor that encourages teachers to, quote, embrace critical race theory in order to re-engineer attitudes and belief systems. Additionally, Superintendent Memo 05019 can be found on the site from February 2019, promoting both critical race theory and the idea of white fragility. Also in 2019, under Democratic Governor Ralph Northam, Superintendent of Public Instruction James Lane sent a memo to Virginia public schools endorsing foundations of critical race theory in education as an important tool that can further spur development in education. All of that via City Journal's Chris Rufo, who's done excellent, excellent work on this entire issue. The McAuliffe campaign did not respond to requests for comment on the presence of critical race theory in Virginia public schools, neither did the Virginia Department of Education. In June, officials in Loudoun County acknowledged that critical race theory influenced their work. In July, it was revealed that a Virginia school district spent 30 grand on critical race theory training for administrators. And yet they continue to maintain the lie that any parent who's worried about this is simply crazy. That any parent who is upset about the possibility of their children being taught the racial essentialism represented by critical race theory is crazy. Now, again, is, there's there is an inherent component of critical race theory that teaches that there is guilt that attaches you by dint of your race. The premises of critical race theory include that racism is not aberrational, it is part of the system. It is embedded in every system. Also, that it serves white interests for racism to be embedded in every system. Also, that race is a social construct, but simultaneously, that your racial status in the United States gives you expertise to speak on issues that other people cannot speak on, which is a form of racial essentialism. Right? All of those premises, by the way, are specified by Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanczyk, who actually wrote the critical, theory, the critical race theory introduction and in Primer. And yet, again, the the case is made by Democrats that we're all supposed to ignore this. And if you don't ignore this, you're a racist. It's just not going to play. It's not going to. In fact, I recommend strongly that every Democrat continue to run on the basis that everyone worried about this is crazy and or racist. Juan Williams has a piece over at the Hill, literally titled, Parents' Rights is Code for White Race Policies. Okay, so Parents' Rights is Code for White Race Politics is is the name of the piece. Really? So if, if I want rights over how my children are educated and raised, That's code for I'm a racist now. I thought that was code for I want to raise my own children. And I don't think that you should be teaching values that contradict my own because they're my kids, not your kids. And I'm delegating, teaching to you with the proviso that you not indoctrinate them in a bunch of racially ignorant nonsense. But here's what Juan Williams writes. He says, now Republican, Virginia Republicans are back with a new and improved culture wars campaign For 2021, the closing argument is once again full of racial division. This time it is dressed up as a defense of little children. The rallying cry is parents' rights. It's a campaign to stop classroom discussion of Black Lives Matter protests or slavery because it could upset some children, especially white children who might feel guilt. Okay, literally no one is saying that you can't teach children about slavery. All we are saying is that you cannot say that every discrepancy in American life is brought about because the systems of the United States are inherently evil. Okay, that we're saying you can't teach because it's false. But of course you can teach kids about slavery. Honest to God, I wonder whether these people have ever been inside a classroom. Of course, kids are being taught about slavery. Is there a child in America who doesn't know about the evils of slavery? Literally, my seven-year-old daughter knows about it. I've talked about the evils of slavery with my seven-year-old daughter because she likes American history and wants to know about it, and it's important. This, This idiotic notion that if you stop teaching critical race theory, which is a framework for seeing America as evil and wrong and its institutions as fundamentally flawed and sinful, that if you don't teach that, somehow you're obscuring America's history is inane, or that if you don't want other people teaching that to your kids, that that you are therefore engaged in white supremacist politics as Juan Williams is sort of suggesting here, it's crazy. Says Juan Williams, unlike their earlier defense of Confederate monuments, the parents' rights campaign message at first glance looks to have zero to do with race. That puts Democrats on the defensive. They're in the uncomfortable position of calling the attention of suburban white moms to divisive racial politics being used by Republican Glenn Youngkin's campaign. Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate, calls the Republican message a racist dog whistle. Some of the Charlottesville white extremists are now on trial in a civil case for their violent attacks, and so we should all remember that, says Juan Williams. There's a long history behind the latest racist political appeals. It wasn't that long ago that racist Southern politicians rallied against integration with an argument for states' rights. Wait, hold on. What does this have to do with rallying against integration? It's literally rallying on the basis of we should treat people as individuals and not by dint of skin color. That's literally the opposition to critical race theory. But it's, it's, again... Keep running on this basis, Democrats. Really, keep doing it. I'm eager to see how this goes for you. Truly eager. They are doing this, by the way. And the media are repeating it. Larry Sabato, who used to be a much more interesting analyst over at the University of Virginia Center for Politics, he's doing the same routine. Critical race theory is a big nonsense argument. Again, the idea here is that anytime you notice a Democrat doing a radical thing, you're the problem, not the Democratic thing. Here's Larry Sabato making the case that Republicans are running a racist campaign because they want to not teach racism in public schools.
2: The operative word is not critical, and it's not theory. It's race. What a shock, huh? Race. That is what matters, and that's why it sticks. There's a lot of, we can call it white backlash, white resistance, uh, whatever you want to call it. It has to do with race. And so we live in a post-factual era anyway, Chris. This is a post-factual era. It doesn't matter that it isn't taught in Virginia schools. It's this generalized attitude that whites are being put upon and we've got to do something about it. We being white voters.
0: Ah, so that's what it is. It's again, white supremacy. Now, the the goal here is to not drive out suburban moms. We're all going to vote against Terry McAuliffe today. The the goal here is to drive a wedge and say that black voters are being put upon if you don't want to teach critical race theory, which is a lie. It's not true. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. McAuliffe has run an abysmal campaign. People are not interested in his governance. He is running in a year where Joe Biden is deeply unpopular and he's got a problem. He also happens to suck as a campaigner, as a campaigner. He's just bad. I mean, his closing line is that Glenn Youngkin wants to put kids in hospitals and then he just blows the numbers completely on how many kids are in hospitals thanks to COVID. Here he was yesterday.
1: We got to protect our students. Today, 1,142 of our children have been hospitalized with COVID.
0: Uh, No, 19 kids are in the hospital right now because of COVID in all of Virginia. Yeah, running a solid, guy. I wonder why he's losing. Wonder why, we'll get to more of this in just one second because again, parents have reason to worry about their kids in Virginia public schools. We'll get to more on that in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact. You need a mattress that is made just for you. You personalize everything else in your life, right? You go to a restaurant and you don't want onions on the salad. You're gonna tell the waiter about it. So how about that thing you spend eight hours a day on? That mattress, shouldn't that be personalized to you? Helix Sleep makes that happen. They've got a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. They match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattresses is great for spinal alignment to prevent Morning aches and pains, even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So, if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you match to, the mattress comes directly to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They've got a 10 year warranty. You have to try it out for 100 nights risk free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Just go to slash Ben, take their two minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off your mattress order and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. I love my Helix Sleep mattress. You will love your own. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben for up to 200 bucks off your mattress order and two free pillows. Alrighty, so why parents are parents so worried about Loudoun County? New breaking story from Luke Rosiak, who's done unbelievable work at Daily Wire reporting on Loudoun County, like since the very beginning. You need to support us here at Daily Wire. Become a member over at dailywire.com using the promo code Real News and get 25% off. Do that because you need to support our investigative reporting, which has made a big difference in this particular race. Now Luke has a new report Quote, internal Loudoun County School Board emails show a shifting explanation about how much school board members knew about a bathroom sex assault, with one member writing to the superintendent in the wake of cover-up allegations that he might have, quote, missed an email informing him about it, even though he previously responded to that same email asking a follow-up question after also hearing about the incident from someone else. (laughs) So basically, they're now claiming ignorance when Luke Rosiak has the receipts. From my memory, I recall only learning about it during the public comment process. Democrat board member Harris Mahedavi wrote to the superintendent on October 12th, one day after the Daily Wire revealed a girl had been raped in a bathroom on May 28th, that the superintendent had denied it in a public board meeting June 22nd, and that the school system had quietly transferred the assailant to another school where he was arrested for a different sex assault on October 6th. As has been previously reported, immediately after the May rape, Ziegler wrote to the school board members saying, quote, the purpose of this email is to provide you with information regarding an incident that occurred at Stonebridge High School. This afternoon, a female student alleged that a male student sexually assaulted her in a restroom. Three weeks later, on June 22nd, Ziegler said in a public board meeting that, quote, to my knowledge, we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms. None of the school board members raised the discrepancy. But a week after that, on June 28th, it was on the mind of school board members that the newly obtained emails show. Madhavi replied to the May 28th email that day, writing, quote, Dr. Ziegler, has there been any update on this case? Ziegler replied, the matter is under investigation by law enforcement. I'm unable to provide an update. That same day, school board member Beth Bartz also wrote the superintendent suggesting that she'd heard of the sexual assault from parents. She said, in addition to understanding where the Loudoun County public schools are in regards to allegations of sexual assault, I would like to know how LCPS will handle the rally on Wednesday. Ziegler didn't address the question about sexual assault, but only informed her he'd lock up the administration building to make it unavailable to attendees in the event of angry parents. Bartz subsequently announced her resignation from the board. So that is not great. So so they're, they literally are saying that they didn't know about it, but they were replying to emails specifically about the alleged sexual assault. So they, they did a wonderful job of protecting your kids. Folks, take control of your school boards or get your kids out of the public schools. Those are your choices. I mean, really, if you want to protect your kids, those are the two choices. Okay. meanwhile, Joe Biden's plans are completely falling apart. He before he left town last week to head on overseas to hang out with the pope and not talk about abortion and then go to COP26 and jabber about climate change while falling asleep, as we'll get to in a moment, Joe Manchin, the the, the president of the United States, not Joe Manchin, Joe Biden, drops a one point seven five trillion dollar framework plan for Build Back Better. that was supposed to be half of the price of the original $3.5 trillion sticker. There's only one problem. It was a lie. A lot of the cost was still there. They were just creating false sunsets. They were saying, what if we put this plan in place, the child tax credit for one year, instead of budgeting it for 10, which would cost a trillion bucks. What if we budget it for one year? It'll cost 100 billion. And then next year, the Democrats will just re-up it, which is a a way of simply reducing the price tag in the CBO estimates. Okay, well... The notion there was that throwing out the framework would get progressives to agree to the framework. They would would then vote on the infrastructure bill. And then later, they would negotiate the rest of Build Back Better. Then the progressives were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to vote on both of these things at the same time. We don't trust that Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are even going to vote for Build Back Better anyway. So we are going to instead hold up the infrastructure bill in an attempt to pressure Manchin. So that was their tactic. Their tactic is we're going to tie these two things together. If Manchin wants his infrastructure bill, he's going to have to pledge to vote for Build Back Better. Well, yesterday, Manchin came out and he's like, I'm not doing any of that. You're going to vote for infrastructure or you're not going to vote for infrastructure. But bottom line is, you can't blackmail me on this. You have no reason to hold up infrastructure because you actually like that bill. The only reason you're doing that is to try and leverage me into voting for a bill I don't particularly like. So, you know what? Tough. Not going to do it. Here is Joe Manchin, the de facto president of the United States from West Virginia.
2: I am urging all of my colleagues in the House to vote and passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It's bipartisan, 69 votes. We worked on that for many, many months. As I've said before, holding that bill hostage is not going to work to get my support of what you want. It's what we should all agree on and work through the process. I'm open to supporting a final bill that helps move our country forward, but I'm equally open to voting against a bill that hurts our country.
0: Okay, so there he is actively ripping on Build Back Better, right? He's saying the Build Back Better plan hurts our country. Now, here's the thing about Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is in the reddest state in America. There is no political incentive for him to vote for Build Back Better. None, like zero, even a scaled down version. If he votes for that, he has to go back home to his voters who hate Joe Biden, right? This This is the Let's Go Brandon crowd over in West Virginia, right? They are all members of the LGB community. And he has to go back to them and try to explain to them why he voted for Bill Better? is like, I'm not going to do that. Vote for infrastructure or don't vote for infrastructure. But tough badoogies, I ain't voting for Bill Better. not under this false framework. Here's Manchin just dumping all over it.
2: I, for one, won't support a multi-trillion dollar bill without greater clarity about why Congress chooses to ignore the serious effects of inflation and debt that have on our economy and existing government programs. For example, how can I, in good conscience, vote for a bill that proposes Massive expansion of social programs when vital programs like Social Security and Medicare face insolvency and benefits could start being reduced as soon as 2026 in Medicare and 2033 in Social Security. How does that make sense? And I don't think it does.
0: Um, Ouch. So there is Joe Manchin just putting a stake through Joe Biden's Build Back Better Now Here's the thing about Biden. To a certain extent, I think Biden might have to be a little happy that Bill Back better goes down in flaming defeat to Joe Manchin. Because the reality is that the plan would be very bad for the economy, right? It actually would increase inflation. It would undermine work. We don't have enough people in the country working right now. Right? We have millions of open jobs. And so maybe it's better for Biden if the thing never passes. The problem is he got unlucky and Democrats won those two seats in Georgia. If they had a minority in the Senate, he could be yelling at Mitch McConnell right now. Instead, he has to yell at Joe Manchin. Meanwhile, the House progressives have started to reverse course here as Pramila Jayapal who basically said, "Okay, you called my bluff.
2: We are taking the president's word at um, the fact that he believes he can get 50 votes in the Senate. Um, And, you know, I hope that the two senators uh, that we've been waiting on these months um, who who have come to the table in good faith and negotiated, that they understand that this is a leap of faith. But, uh, you know, assuming we get these these final negotiations done, we're ready to pass Uh, Both bills, and I think the caucus feels very good about the fact that we've been able to do what we said from the beginning.
0: Okay, except you didn't do what you said from the beginning, and it's going to be fun to watch the blowback on the progressive wing of the party, who said they were going to force Joe Manchin into a corner and then completely failed to do so because it turns out they had no leverage. They had no leverage at all. They could vote down the infrastructure plan. The minute they voted it down, Joe Manchin was going to not vote for anything they wanted. So they really had no leverage over Manchin. They thought they did, and now the progressives are basically running for cover. And so watch as the Chank Uyghur wing of the party just goes to town on the progressives. It, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if AOC and the squad actively vote against the infrastructure bill in the House. See, it's not just a matter of what happens in the Senate where Bernie has threatened that he might not vote for infrastructure, but he probably will cave. There might be enough nuts in the, in the Democratic side of the House not to get to a majority. And then Nancy Pelosi has to rely on Republicans to vote for the infrastructure package, which looks pretty ugly for her. Okay, so all of this is just to demonstrate that Joe Biden's administration has been a failure in pretty much every way. In a second, we'll get to more failure from the Joe Biden administration. There's a reason why Glenn Youngkin is probably going to win in Virginia today, and it has a lot to do with what's happening at the national level. Again, Joe Biden is underwater everywhere. We'll get to more on this. Like global warming has now affected his poll numbers to the extent that the water levels are rising and he is completely submerged. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, I am thrilled to introduce an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. So you might have checked out the sticker shock at the gas station these days. It is wild. If you're in California, you might be paying six bucks a gallon, seven bucks a gallon in some places. Well, wouldn't it be great to save some money when you pump your gas? My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Shapiro and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code Shapiro to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. There is no cash. The cash back gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code Shapiro to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank of gas. That is code Shapiro. And remember, get that Get Upside app for free over at the App Store. Use promo code Shapiro. Get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Great deal. Also, Daily Wire's growth, it's showing no signs of slowing down. I mean, we have a lot coming, man. We have so much content in the pipeline. I can't even, I can't believe it, honestly. And we are seeking exceptional candidates for open positions across several departments within the company to join in our success as we continue to expand. Our current list of open positions on the team here at Daily Wire includes, but is not limited to, you ready for this? podcast marketing manager, content coordinator, publicity manager, member experience representative, managing editor, sales representative, producer, and analytics engineer. It's a lot of open jobs. So if you are a young person particularly looking to get into the media industry and you got some background in any of these fields, if you're looking to move to a hot area like Nashville, or if you want to work for the show, maybe South Florida, you need to apply. You owe it to yourself. You don't have to be young, by the way, as long as you're well-qualified. Come on down. If you think you've got what it takes to join the fastest-growing conservative media company in America, we want to hear from you. For a full list of open positions and details, and to apply, please visit dailywire.com careers. Again, dailywire.com careers. Some of you will send me emails personally, and I do check them out, and I try to forward them, but if you want to make sure that your resume actually gets into the hopper, go check out dailywire.com careers. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, the Biden administration, which is failing on pretty much every front, has decided to fail harder. Uh, according to hotair.com, the Labor Department is now going to publish their federal vaccine mandate within days. Now, one of the things that we have seen across the country is that vaccine mandates have led to wild shortages in everything from healthcare to policing to fire departments. And yet, Joe Biden is still going to try and ram through this Labor Department mandate via OSHA. Good luck. It was announced by the Labor Department this week. The Federal Register will be publishing the final details of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate with employers with more than 100 employees. This is done after the Office of Management and Budget completed its mandatory review of the new rule this morning. The rule is expected to impact more than 100 million employees nationwide. It's being referred to as an emergency temporary standard, assuming you believe they have anything they have to say at this point. Of course, the options being offered to non-government employers are different than those in some, but not all parts of the government. That shouldn't come as any surprise, because consistency hasn't really been a thing. According to CNN, A Labor Department spokesperson said on November 1st, the Office of Management and Budget completed its regulatory review of the ETS. The Federal Register will publish the emergency temporary standard in the coming days. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration has been working expeditiously to develop an emergency temporary standard that covers employers with 100 or more employees, firm or company wide, and provides options for compliance. Now, I will note here, again, this policy makes no sense. If you're going to cram down a vaccine mandate, it should be completely universal, right? Why is it only restricted to companies with over 100 employees? Really, it turns out that COVID is generally being passed in small areas. If you have a company with over 100 employees, there's a good chance that your offices are rather large. Our offices in Nashville are very large. We have a couple of hundred employees over there. Probably a better chance that you're going to be spreading it in a very small space, but they're not targeting small businesses because they know about the blowback. The spokesperson added, covered employee, uh, employers must develop, implement, and enforce a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy unless they adopt a policy requiring employees to choose either to get vaccinated or to undergo regular COVID-19 testing and wear a face covering at work. The ETS also requires employers to provide paid time to workers to get vaccinated and paid sick leave to recover from any side effects. So this is, um, this is not going to hold up. We, first of all, as, as we've said at Daily Wire, we are not going to abide by this. We plan to challenge this in court literally the day that this is promulgated. We at The Daily Wire, along with our legal allies, will be pushing back against it. The policy internally makes no sense. All over the country, the state has not been allowing employees to test or mask as an alternative. So only in the private sector, apparently. And again, the rule is now including a demand that employers not only offer paid time off to get vaccinated, but pay for any recovery time. I mean, when was the last time that if you got a flu shot, does your employer pay you for the, for the flu shot time off? And also, this is not an emergency temporary standard. So there's a good shot this thing gets struck down in court. But again, it's Joe Biden just trying to be able to say that, that he's keeping his promises. Here's the problem. The people on the left seem to think that when Joe Biden keeps his promises, it makes him more popular. What if when Joe Biden keeps his promises, it makes him less popular because his promises suck? How about that? New polling shows, according to NBC News, that more people oppose the vaccine mandates, then favor the vaccine mandates. I said this all along. I said that the early polling that showed that vaccine mandates were popular, that was because a lot of the people who were in favor of vaccine mandates were already vaccinated. But then it dawned on them, wait a second, if there are vaccine mandates, I might have to get a booster. Maybe I don't want to get a booster. If there are vaccine mandates, what if that means there's no stuff on the shelves of the store where I want to buy things? What if it means that I call 911 and no cop shows up? So now 47% favor of the vaccine mandates, 50% oppose. but here's the more important Stat, only 34% of Americans strongly favor a vaccine mandate, as opposed to 41% who strongly oppose the vaccine mandate. And when I said that the only people who are passionate about these issues are the people who oppose, correct. So Joe Biden seems to make the common mistake of looking at poll numbers and believing that because people say they like a thing, it's a high priority for them. And that is not the same thing at all. Speaking of things where where people say that they are interested in it, but they're really not interested in it, this brings us to Joe Biden and the Climate Conference, which we're supposed to all pretend is super important, even though China and Russia are not there and China is the world's leading emitter. COP26, the United Nations, the most easily of international politics, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. According to the Wall Street Journal, President Biden told world leaders at the COP26 summit that the coming decade would be decisive in the fight against climate change. Wow, wow, he said it would be decisive? Uh, Incredible. I mean, I'm like, I'm stunned by the amount of bravery that took stunning bravery with brave stunningness. Hours later, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi gave a slower than expected deadline for slashing his country's emissions, saying India would take as long as 2070 to reduce its net greenhouse gases to zero. Oh, you mean because they wish to develop and carbon is cheap? You mean you mean that? Oh, oops. So Joe Biden's like, this is the guy that matters. We have to save the world. And then meanwhile, in India, which is emitting at crazy rates, like what if we just wait until 2070? What you gonna do about it, Joe? What you gonna do about it? The Gap, according to the Wall Street Journal, highlights a fundamental divide between developing and developed nations. Days after leaders of the group of 20 major economies made little progress, hammering out specific climate goals many had hoped would ease discussions in Scotland. Speaking to leaders and government officials from most of the world's nations, Mr. Biden warned that none of us can escape the worst that is yet to come. The doomsday cult that is the climate change movement is really crazy. We'll never escape. Really, we've escaped literally for all of human history. We have adapted the human species to changing climate. We are now better equipped to adapt to changing climate than at any time in human history, which is why climate deaths year on year continue to drop, even though the climate is indeed changing. But we have to pretend that the only way to prevent the bad effects of climate change is to prevent climate change itself by completely crippling the economy. And so we're just going to alarm you into doing it. But my favorite thing is when Joe Biden is trying to alarm you into doing things by using extraordinarily purple language. And then when it comes down to what are you actually willing to do, Joe? He's like, well, we do need cheaper gas. Here was Joe Biden at COP26 explaining this is an existential threat to humanity. It is not an existential threat to humanity. Literally no one who's worth their salt in this area believes that climate change is going to wipe human beings off planet Earth. No one believes that. That's crazy talk. Here is Joe Biden engaging in some crazy talk That again, because we live in a crazy era, is taken seriously.
3: Right now, we're still falling short. There's no more time to hang back or sit in the fence or argue amongst ourselves. This is the challenge of our collective lifetimes, the existential threat, threat to human existence as we know it. And every day we delay, the cost of inaction increases. So let this be the moment that we answer history's call here in Glasgow.
0: Let this be the moment when we answer. Yeah, no, yeah, good luck with that. But, and then he says it's an inflection point in world history. I mean, all this bloviating. Honestly, the, the carbon emissions coming out of this dude's mouth are going to change the climate by a couple of degrees Celsius over the course of the next century.
3: Within the growing catastrophe, I believe there's an incredible opportunity. Not just for the United States, but for all of us. We're standing at an inflection point in world history. We have the ability to invest in ourselves and build an equitable clean energy future and in the process create millions of good playing jobs and opportunities around the world
0: yeah okay if anybody believes by the way the green energy sector is going to make up for the carbon sector right now you are out of your mind no one believes this if that were the case by the way then the investment community would have already dumped money into this area to the extent that we would already be transforming and and in some areas we are right i mean we already have teslas right like electric cars are going to be a thing, but here's the thing. Cars are actually not the chief source of emissions when it comes to climate. Right? Actual power plants are the chief source of emission when it comes to climate and developing nations need those. And then Joe Biden went on to apologize for Donald Trump pulling out of the Paris Agreement as though the Paris Agreement meant anything. I do like John Kerry, the Easter Island head behind Joe Biden. The, the old white face of the anti-climate change movement is really, uh, really always astonishingly inspiring.
3: I guess I shouldn't apologize, but I do apologize for the fact the United States, uh, in the last administration pulled out of the Paris Accords and put us sort of behind April. Uh, the first thing I did when elected, I see my friend nodding his head over there because we talked about this before while I was running.
0: Yeah, it put us back in the useless agreement that didn't do anything. We didn't nobody kept to it, but it was, but I hate Trump, so, you know. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, financial experts thought we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts from the Fed, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The U.S. is in the hole by $34 trillion, but we're going to continue to print money and borrow money, which means the prices that you pay every day are going to continue to rise. So we can either bury our heads in the sand, or we could, you know, do the smart thing that you do financially, which is diversify. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get my gold from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you too. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, again, diversification, just a smart fiscal strategy. Go check them out right now. Text Ben to 989898 98 98 to get started. Okay, hey, so all this is so exciting and so necessary and so deeply moving. Joe, I mean, Joe Biden is so there for it. He is so on the mark. He is like, if called upon, he will spring to his feet. He will answer the call. This is the inflection point. We have to prevent the catastrophe of a world boiling itself to death. Joe Biden fell asleep, like actually fell asleep in the middle of one of these climate change conferences. You can see him. There he is. Eyes start to close. And Joe Biden is gone. He is now sleeping in the middle of this conference. There he is. He is clearly out. He is clearly out cold. Like my baby in the backseat of the car in a long drive. Joe Biden is gone. He is just slow. Uh, In fact, Joe Biden had to be woken up by an aide to clap at the end of the speech. I am not kidding you. That is a thing that actually happened. Our doddering elderly again. The, the face of a decaying West is Joe Biden, <laughs> a career politician who's never done a productive thing in his entire life, who is now the president of the United States, pledging to destroy the fundamental institutions of the West, ranging from family to free markets, in order to achieve a utopian vision that will never be achieved, but will maximize the power of old people like Joe Biden. Like that, that is, that is he's a pretty good metaphor. He is, just like as, as a human, he's just a good metaphor for what's happening right now. By the way, the, the same Joe Biden, who is suggesting that we have reached the end, that, that it's it's all over. We've reached the end. Uh, he's seeking more oil production, according to the New York Times. Oops. Days earlier, according to the New York Times, he was urging the world's largest oil producers to pump more. The incongruity was on center stage both at the Global Climate Summit, currently taking place in Scotland and in Rome this past weekend, during a gathering of leaders from the 20 largest economies. According to the New York Times, the president's comments highlighted the political and economic realities facing politicians as they grapple with climate change. On the surface, it seems like an irony, said Biden. But the truth of the matter is, you've all known, everybody knows. The idea we're going to be able to move to renewable energy overnight was just not rational. Um, you could let the pumping slow and raise the prices and let your constituents suffer. You could do that if you are Joe Biden. Well, you could do that, but then you'd bear the political brunt. He's not willing to do that, which is amazing for a guy who says we have to have the courage to move into a new tomorrow. It's super important. Move into a new tomorrow. Meanwhile, by the way, the tech community is mobilizing on behalf of the propaganda as per, as per usual arrangement. According to the Washington Post, Twitter now says that they're going to attempt to combat climate disinformation by steering its massive user base to reliable information with more context, a strategy the company calls pre-bunking. Or you could go with just propagandizing. The rollout coincides with the UN COP26 climate summit in Glasgow, Scotland. By the way, that that is not going to make people suspicious of the institutional powers that be at all. When you coordinate what information people can see, we won't be, we'll probably believe you, probably, we won't be suspicious at all that maybe this is part of a larger plan to reshape the institutions of the planet. Twitter users will be directed to online hubs containing credible authoritative information according to a company blog post. These guides will appear in users' explore tabs, their Twitter search portals, and relevant trends lists, according to a Twitter spokesperson. The platform wants to get ahead of any coordinated falsehoods that could surface during the summit, which aims to chart an aggressive course to cut greenhouse gas emissions and slow Earth's warming. So the company spokesperson says they need reliable, authoritative hubs of information from global experts. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that'll go well. Whenever you have our institutional betters telling you what you can and cannot see and how you ought to think about crucial issues that affect your life, that, that, that definitely fosters trust belief by all these people that the more they control your life, the more you trust them is totally crazy. But it is something that they continue to double down on over and over and over again on everything from education to climate change. I am gratified to see that I'm not the only one who's calling out COP26. I have to say I'm very gratified to see that. So Greta Thunberg, one of the great heroines of our time. Greta Thunberg is basically like Jesus in every single conceivable way except for none of them. But she is a little child, will lead them. And uh, she's no longer a child, she's an adult, so I can make fun of her as much as I want. And, uh, and Greta Thunberg appeared outside of the summit, the COP26 summit. Literally her entire job in life is just to run around yelling at the adults. The adults have disappointed us. You you have disappointed Greta. Greta's disappointed in you. Except when she's dancing ecstatically to Rick Astley. Greta's very upset with you. I, I honestly don't know what Greta's gonna do with her life when she hits like 50. Like, what do you do at that point? You just yell at the 80-year-olds? Or do you start yelling at the children? In which case, you're just an adult. You know, like, right now, the, the charm and, and wonder of Greta Thunberg is that she was a very young person, and now she's only a moderately young person yelling at the adults. I feel like by the time she's 23, the magic has worn off a little bit here. But Greta Thunberg did say what is true. She says, inside here, they're all just, they're all just speaking words, verbiage that means nothing, nothing. And, uh, and so she uh, went off on the climate conference. She's not wrong. Inside COP,
2: there are just politicians and people in power pretending to take our future seriously, to, pretending to take the present seriously of the people who are being affected already today by the climate crisis. Change is not going to come from inside there. That is not leadership. This is leadership.
0: I, I like when she declares herself a leader. That's fun. Change is not going to come from world leaders saying things. It's from me in a field. With seven of you, say that's where leadership really comes in. Greta Thunberg. Oh. It's just, so that, that, was pretty, that was pretty great. I, I, I enjoyed that. The best part is when she starts cursing at the adults. At the adults. It's it's pretty great. Uh, so um, here, she continues with the rant. She's, but again, she's not wrong. All the people who are inside there are pretending to care about climate change, but don't care enough to actually do anything because they understand the reality of the world, which is that there are costs and benefits to policies. And that the benefits, when it comes to radically redefining how the world economy works, radically underestimate the cost. The cost is way greater in the near term, the midterm, and the long term. If you take the sorts of drastic action that people like Greta would like for you to take, you actually wreck the world economy and you set the world back a couple of hundred years. All to please a, a Nordic child who's no longer a child, who's now an adult. So she can just vote like everybody else. And then her voice would be equivalent to everybody else's. So, uh, but, but here she was going off on, on the adults as usual. I'm never going to, to stop being pleased that, that Greta is disappointed in all of us. I just think it's, it, it's great. She's like a prophet of old. And she just stands there and talks about how disappointed, like prophets in the old days, they used to say that God is disappointed in you because you're sinning. And now Greta says that she is disappointed in you. It's not that God is disappointed. She is disappointed in you. And so long as Greta, I, 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 honestly, I, I need to wear a bracelet that says, "WW." G-T-D, what would Greta Thunberg do? Or I-G-T-D-I-Y. Is Greta Thunberg disappointed in you? <laughs> Again, folks, I can make fun of her as much as I damn well please. She's an adult. I've been waiting for like a couple of years to do this because I know the rules. I know the rules. But now, now all bets are off. Here's Greta Thunberg yelling and cursing about, uh, about the adults in the room, inside, those Bastards.
2: We say no more blah, 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 no more exploitation of people and nature and the planet, no more exploitation, no more blah, 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 no more whatever the f- they're doing inside there.
0: Ah, oh, she cursed. No more blah, blah, blah. I want an Oompa Loompa daddy. I want it now. I want one. I want the world. I want the whole world. I, I, I want a party with rooms full of laughter. 10,000 tons of ice cream. I want to wear like braids in my hair. I don't want to share them. Give it to me now. (laughs) And I love that the old people is like, and then Joe Biden, like Joe Biden when asked about Greta Thunberg and all this nonsense, I, I just, I'll never get over it. I'll never get over the old people who are actually charged with balancing the competing interests. And then never watch what they say, watch what they do. Actually act like rational human beings when it comes to say pumping gas because people need gas to get in their cars and go to work and such. I'll never get over the old people humoring this. So it's like Greta Thunberg being like, F*** you, old man. Why aren't you doing what I say? You, you old bastard. What? Bl- no more blah, blah, blah. And Joe Biden's like, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And also, um, I would like to uh, sniff your hair. Like, I don't want you to sniff my hair, old man. Blah, blah. No more blah, blah, blah. And Joe Biden's like, I'm no, never going to give you up. I do love that song. Let's dance together for the planet. For the planet. Uh, you know what? You know what? Now I'm after after this whole thing. I'm just rooting for global warming. I got to be honest with you. I'm rooting for global warming. It's got to take all of us out because something does. Right, we are a civilization with a death wish, and uh, and the the longer we humor corrupt old, doddering idiots and small children who don't know anything about the world, uh, the the uh, the worst things are going to get. So. Now I'm rooting for global warming. I'm on global warming side now. So I'm just going to go outside. I'm just going to let my car idle in the driveway for like a couple of years for no reason because humanity deserves it. Like we just, we deserve it. All right, <laughs> we've reached the end of today's show. We will be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, coming up soon is the Matt Wall Show airing at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Also, if you're in Virginia, go vote for Glenn Youngkin and against the idiot Terry McAuliffe. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Klavan Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. A new report shows how government handouts
1: have enabled record numbers of able-bodied young men to opt out of the workforce entirely and indefinitely. But why would young men want to opt out of work in the first place? Isn't that the real problem? We'll discuss that today. Also, the Virginia governor's race will be settled tonight. Terry McAuliffe made his closing case to voters last night, and I don't think it'll prove effective. Plus, the Supreme Court refused to step in and hear a case from a Catholic hospital that was sued after refusing to perform a sex change operation. Finally, Atlanta Braves fans are still doing the tomahawk chop, even though the media has repeatedly informed them that it's racist. But is it really racist? We'll talk
0: about that today and much more on The Matt Walsh Show.